Welcome to Three Little Things, a natural health podcast. We've created this space to help you positively navigate the world of holistic and natural well-being, where each week we will explore something new and dive into a diverse range of holistic health topics from all walks of life. As chiropractors, we are equally passionate about helping educate, share and empower you on your well-being journey. Created with you in mind, Three Little Things aims to bring you digestible topics and applicable tools and strategies to help you grow, thrive, and live well. So let's dive in. Welcome back, listeners. I just wanted to let you know before we get into the bulk of today's episode that this is another two-part series. This is part one, and part two will be released next Wednesday. So please sit back and enjoy. This was one of my absolute favorite episodes to record, and I cannot wait for you to hear it. Well, welcome back to Three Little Things. My name is Sarah and I'm joined with Lily. Um, And this episode is going to be, I'm really excited for this episode. We have another incredible guest, Greg, who we'll get to in a second and let him introduce himself. But um, yeah, Lily, do you want to run us through, yeah, why why do we do this podcast and what's this episode going to include? And Okay, so Sarah and I began this um, late last year during the last lockdown because um, my frustration finally got to me, which was, um, uh, can we now learn how to think and not what to think because we're being told what to think constantly so we began this podcast around that philosophy and we also began it wanting to make some words magazine words so things like homeostasis the word homunculus mindfulness amygdala primitive reflexes vagal tone sympathetic parasympathetic upregulate, downregulate, and the list just went on. So many magazine words, but the ones of you who have been following us now for the last um, season, hopefully you can say these words very comfortably and with some knowledge. We also wanted to frame it within what we call the triad of health. So Sarah and I, as you all know now, are chiropractors, so we deal very much with one particular part of the triad, which is your structure um, and your mechanical function and your nervous system. Um, our fantastic guest today will deal with the other part of um, mm. um, our try, which is um, our mental emotional part and our minds. And then in the past, we've had a really um, couple of fantastic um, guests dealing with the biochemical um, part of our, our triad. Yeah, and I think that leads really nicely into today's episode and something that we're excited to cover on the podcast is, yeah, that mental emotional side of the triad. Um, that I think is really prevalent for a lot of people, but maybe a little bit unspoken for some people as well. So let's start off, but Greg, I'd love you to introduce yourself to the audience. Tell us a little bit about who you are, how you came to be here. Give us some fun facts about who Greg is. Okay, hi, I'm Greg Hawes. I'm a mindfulness coach, meditation teacher, often referred to by people as mentor, life coach, healer, spiritual guide, the list keeps going. So um, not sure how many of those titles I feel comfortable with, but my my basic function, as far as I'm concerned, is to, to bring inner peace and healing and, um, well, the bottom line is joyfulness to, to everyone that I work with. Um, in whatever form that can be, I work with a myriad of clients, all ages. Um, I work with corporates, I work with clients one-on-one, I work with groups, and I lead retreats both through the Northern Territory in Australia and overseas, which gives people a great chance to really, really work on themselves for a change and to escape the uh, electromagnetic soup of life. Mm. Um, Very, very passionate about my work. um, And um, 
every day is different, which keeps it exciting for me. And um, when I can see where I start with people on the journey and then where we go through and then where we end, um, it's the most gratifying job in the world for me. I actually feel like I can see the absolute effects of what, we, what we're doing, what we're creating, what I'm facilitating in them to give them the, the life tools for the whole of their life. I mean, best job in the world. Yeah. Wake up every Monday morning, think, yep, yeah, let's do this. Yeah. Just love it. Yeah. Yeah. And how important is that? Like, how important is this work for people to find that inner peace and to do the work of themselves? Like, how important is that? I think it's the most important thing. Yeah. You know, you can do everything else, but unless you have absolute inner peace, unless you have self honor and self respect, unless you love yourself, um, unless you have joyfulness in your life, I'm not really sure what the point of the rest of it actually is. Mm. And when you love yourself and you live within your own body completely, as far as I'm concerned, that is the most healing thing for the body. You're working in synergy with every single one of your trillions of service. Yeah. And mostly I will work joyful with the bars on Gorgeous. Thank you. Thank you, nature. Right on cue. Um, reinforcing the joyfulness. Um, when I, I tend to work on a cellular level with every single person, cell by cell, building up to working with the trillions of your cells so that each cell can be in a place of absolute wellness, mm. well-being and joyfulness, mm. joyfulness pulsating through your body. I've known my whole life that was, that was my purpose to be on this earth, to be a vessel of, of joy and healing and love and support for others. Yeah. And that's basically what I've spent my life doing. Yeah. So, you know, I am probably too joyful for a lot of people. A lot of people can't cope with that because they've never had that. Yeah. We're very conditioned not in this world not to love ourselves. You know, if I say, you know, Sarah, or Lily, Lily loves herself. People mm. think, oh yeah, she does, doesn't she? You know, kind of as a negative. Yeah. Whereas we actually loving ourselves is just the ultimate because loving ourselves creates calm within ourselves, mm. creates that beautiful inner peace. So, yeah. you know, I may have taken the loving myself a little bit too far at this point, but <laughs> not sure that that's possible. But it is just the, the ultimate, that peacefulness, that joyfulness, that, that loving yourself, that self-esteem. Because when you're full of self-esteem and self-confidence, loving yourself, you are actually like this shining beacon for others. Mm. The world is attracted to to self-honour and self-respect, and you automatically vibrate, emanate this energy to all of those around you. Yeah. So you're actually raising the vibration of everyone around you. Mm. So. And it brings to me um, the words we use and how powerful they are. And I mean, English is a third language for me. And I remember hearing a saying that went along the lines of, um, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words cannot hurt me. Now, I find that really quite strange because words are so potent, aren't they? Mm. And when you say words like um, love yourself, um, what I say to my patients is love yourselves. These are the only cells that you have any control over, so love yourselves. But, but you're right, when people hear the words, I love myself, it sounds very egotistical, doesn't mm. it? It um, does. So, so I love that, love yourselves. Yeah. <laughs> you know, no, no, yeah. it's, it's, it's actually... 
really great because then it takes away that people think, oh, I can't love myself too much. Yeah, I love my cells. I love my cells. And you're right, as you know, every single word that you say or think, the subconscious mind believes without any form of bias. Mm. So if I'm saying, you know, I love every cell in my body increasingly each day, I have higher levels of inner peace each day, every cell in my body is aligning to a place of well-being more and more each day, as I do every day in the shower, as Mm. I start my day. My subconscious mind believes that, imprints it, and then creates it. It goes, hey, mm. Greg's actually feeling mm. great, getting better each day. You know, that, that's how it, how it works. Yeah. It's actually incredible. You know, and with the sportsmen that I've worked with over the years, I've worked with so many, um, you know, sportsmen in, in, in all different modes of sport. And they come to me and they you know, it might be because they've had a, a knee that just constantly gets injured. Mm. And they'll sit down and say, you know, mate, I am sick to death of this knee being injured. And I say, okay, first thing, we're not going to use the word injury ever again. We're going to reframe that. We're going to say, my knee is returning to a place of health and well-being, strength and protection each day, each week. Mm. And they're like, right, okay. So they change that and then we actually start on the, once we get the knee healed, we then work on all the the important stuff and mm. mostly they'll say oh wow I thought I was coming for my knee and this is the greatest gift that I've ever received mm. yeah, so. it's called the um the Trojan horse approach really isn't it mm. um, it's sitting a Trojan horse but within the Trojan horse there's a whole lot of other little beauties in there but I like the way you said refrain because um, we're using so many words in our dialogue every day now like um battle everything is a fight you know mm. we, we lost a battle with something let's fight this other thing and mm. it's very combative you know our words are very um sympathetically driven aren't they they're Mm. they're fight or flight really they're very fear driven basically so i like the way i mean i've come to a few of your sessions greg and i always leave feeling um very at peace um what i haven't got right though is when i leave here and and the world still gets to me because some people are still behaving um in a certain way so i know i have no control other over other people's thoughts or actions or whatever just my own but it it can get a bit frustrating at times so what i would say to you there what Mm. i'm getting better at better at getting right Mm. is that's a that's a prime example what i haven't got right yeah there's no criticism there i'm just saying that's the reframing yeah i'm getting better and better at 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 that Mm. i'm also less reactive yes to what other people are saying around my wife and my family, my kids have always said that I live in this little bubble. Mm-hmm. You know, it's quite <laughs> a deliberate thing for me mm. so that I can actually stay in my place of joy, stay in my place of peace. Mm. And while I'm aware of what's going on in the, in the greater world and in, in, the, in the small world around me, I also choose not to react mm. as much as I can. And I'm getting better and better every day and not reacting to mm. things creating that space between stimulus and response yeah you know yeah. and co- and it actually makes me the way that i actually feel with that lily it actually make and i know you're of this this way of thinking it makes me even more determined to be that vessel of joy and light mm. you know mm. the more stuff that happens it actually make it actually increases my resolve yeah to 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 help facilitate that for me firstly, mm. for those that I love and for the greater world. Mm. Mm. Yeah. That's your competitive nature, Greg, I think, coming out. Yeah. But anyway, um, <laughs> so it would have taken a lot of practice to get to this point that you have arrived at. And 
And before today's episode, Sarah and I did talk to the, the young men around our, us, you know, mm. our own lives. And, and as you know, our son Jasper um, and, and Archie, you know, we were having dinner last night um, with Emmy and the rest of the family. And I asked Jasper in particular, what would he like Greg to talk about? Because you do know him personally. And he came up with um, the words mental health, which I find quite liberating for a young man to, to say that. Did you find that with them? Um, yeah, I did. And I think this is a nice, I guess, yeah, like overlay to put onto this episode, particularly because mm. we have you here, Greg, as a man yourself. Um, that, yeah, I think traditionally or like in society, there's been a little bit of stigma around men, men's mental health. And we got, sort of started to unpack that a little bit last night with the boys when we were there. And something that came up that Archie said was that, he feels like that stigma around mental health has, we've, we've brought a lot of awareness to that and that sort of disappeared, but he feels as a young man, there's a little bit of stigma around the actionable steps in mental health. So he brought up meditation, for example, in that he was like, it still feels a bit, like he, he you know, Archie's um, quite sure of himself and he would do some meditation and we've done some meditation together before, but he feels like that's an area where a lot of young men would go, oh, I don't need to meditate or I don't, you know, that's not you know cool or yeah it's a bit more in that feminine energy but understanding that that's okay um and meditation isn't just a thing that females get to do or isn't just a thing that people who love themselves do you know it's we can weave that into our daily lives as a part of our caring and nurturing of our own mental health regardless if you're a man or a woman or if you're 20 or you're 50 or um and i think that was a yeah it kind of made me think a little bit of wow that's a really interesting topic of conversation um, and something I wanted to bring up with you, Greg, because obviously you do that day in and day out and you pre-framed before by saying you work with a lot of sportsmen, um, which I think that's another, you know, powerful, I guess, group of people that we can um, talk about. But yeah, I'd love, I'd love your opinion or your thoughts on, on that in terms of men's, men's health particularly. Yeah, well, see, my actual, I actually realised when I started working with my two great masters that I had actually been meditating my whole life in some form. Yeah. My absolute journey of stepping into it was when I was in my late 20s and I, I had my kids both quite young and I was walking along the beach with them one day holding hands with them and like a revelation out of the sky it hit me, I'm not joyful. What's going on here? I'm not joyful. Mm. This should be the most joyful thing ever. And I'd always been a little bit, a little bit up and down in my in my emotions and, mm. and and all of that. So I went to my GP, he sent me to one of one of Sydney's top psychs and um, it was a very interesting journey. Put me on some drugs which made me very sleepy and, and, and quite fat. I, I, look, I believe those drugs have a place, mm. um, definitely, but took me into that grey zone, took away the lows and the highs. At that time, I was so hesitant and reluctant to actually tell anyone about what was going on. Because for a guy in their late 20s, mm. there was, particularly in that time, there was a, there, there was a real stigma around this, much yeah. more than now. Yeah. The, the fact that Jess is even able to say mental health is, is huge. Awesome. Right? Yeah. Um, but then as, as and then, then I, you know, he said to, I said to him, how long am I going to be on this medication? He said, oh, you'll be on it for your life. <sighs> and I went, right. I don't think so. <laughs> so I really started looking at everything. I started going to my herbalist. I started learning the practice of meditation through a couple of great masters who both told me very quickly, you need to be actually teaching meditation rather than just as a student of it. Mm. It took me a very long time to actually step into that. It's a big step 
going from there. But what I found, I found calm, I found inner peace. I realized how much anxiety I'd, I'd suffered my whole life from, from being bullied at school terribly and all sorts of things. Um, you know, like most of us go through in different forms. Um, and I, anxiety almost becomes your friend because mm. you're used to it. It's mm. your um, default mode. Yep. It's your way of being. And it's like the boiling frog. You don't, don't kind of realise until it really creeps up to you. So I'm so grateful I had that revelation on the beach mm. that day. Took myself off the med- weaned myself off the meditation. Medication went to meditation, <laughs> which is meditation without with medication without the side effects, as, as my GPs that I work with say. Um, and then the rest is the rest is his- history. And then I actually started after I become fully accredited to become a meditation teacher. I actually started um, coaching meditation teachers in training to become accredited and qualified yeah. through the school that I trained with too, which was a great experience. Um, and it was really interesting because what actually happened when I came on board as the first meditation teacher's coach, I was the first male in the school, which then brought all of these males out of the woodwork yeah. that wanted to become mm-hmm. meditation teacher mindfulness coaches, yeah. which, which was great. But over the years, um, it increasingly, a huge amount of my client base are young men. Mm-hmm. You know, I have... I have worked with a number of Archie and Clarks and Jass's friends over the years, mm. right, right even before they finished their HSC. I, I work with a lot of guys in their 20s and 30s and yeah. 40s. And they actually talk about it mm. with their mates. And they actually say, oh, you know, got to go and see this guy, Greg. You know, although the biggest, my biggest recommendation tool is, you know what, Steve, what has happened to you? I said, oh, I'm actually working with this guy. He's actually just helped me to release some things, to unblock some things, to, to think about things differently, mm. um, to take myself into a place of, 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 you know, calm, mindful meditation. And I think that's the thing that meditation gives me the most is perspective through the calm because it enables me to think, you know what, no matter what's going on, everything is okay and will be okay. And it's about how I react to things. Mm. And one of the biggest things that I deal with is anxiety. Yeah. And the beautiful thing, if there is a beautiful thing about anxiety, is that it, it's completely reversible, mm. anxiety. Other forms of mental illness are not so reversible, but can be helped enormously, you know, catching yourself, recognising what you need, what you need to do. But with anxiety, and I'm not taking anything away from anxiety because I've been through the panic panic attacks when I've been sitting on a plane, taxing, about to take off to the United States, that I've got to get off, mm. you know, which is a terrifying experience. But at those sort of moments, I realised, okay, you know what, Greg, this is a choice here. You can breathe, you can just calm yourself down, or you can have endure 14 hours of help. Yeah. You know, so again, moments like that actually taught me mm. how to how to um, how to deal with that. So, I think men realise now that it's not a it's not a weakness. In fact, I would actually say that it's a strength that we we are recognising what's going on with us. Yeah. 
And I actually feel, correct me if I'm wrong, you you two would probably know more about that. I actually feel like everyone has some sort of form of mental anxiety at some stage about some things. Yeah. Very often. Yeah, I would agree. Mm. Um, it's whether we choose to focus on that or whether we choose to, to work on that and release it, it mm. is, is up to us. So we've used a analogy over our episodes regarding the frontal lobes in the brainstem. Mm-hmm. And so you can imagine a um, closed fist yep. with the thumb going horizontally across your palm, um, your other four fingers wrapped around that thumb. And so the fingers represent the cerebral cortex, the higher functions of our brain. Mm-hmm. And the thumb is our brainstem, which is the three Fs, as we jokingly say, you know, like feed them, fight them, um, procreate with them. Um, so if we have these um, cortices um, wrapped around our brainstems, then anxiety or those fight, flight, you know, foreign responses are um, attenuated. But when our cortices fly away, the brainstem comes out to play. So I find what you're saying is that uh, with meditation, we can gradually train our dorsal lateral prefrontal cortices to help them keep our brainstems um, more at peace, would you say? Absolutely. Mm. And the more that you actually practice and learn, it becomes your default mode. It kicks in before you have the ability to become anxious or scared Mm. or whatever. And this is something I find about retreat because it's a very concentrated five, seven, ten days, people come back and the whole patternings through their body have changed in that time. Mm. And it's actually before they have the ability to react to what's going on in this big black city, Mm. they don't react. And they think, oh, Mm. I'm not getting angry about that. I'm not not getting scared. I'm not getting, you know, anxious about that. But there's also things, there's very many forms of meditation. And going for a beautiful walk in nature, going for a swim, listening to some beautiful music, going and touching tree, laying on the ground, doing anything in nature is unbelievably um, beneficial for the body in, in, in the grounding. But even in your everyday thing, you know, they've proven scientifically patients that look out a window to a tree will heal much quicker than those that don't. So having a plant on your desk Mm. Mm. makes an enormous difference to your mental state. Having three plants on your desk makes (laughs) an enormous... Mm. It's actually proven if you have have more than five plants in a room, the the mental state of people is lifted Mm. by by that. Mm. Not only are they, you know, cleaning the air and, and all of that sort of thing, it actually just brings us more in touch with the Mm. with with the cycle of of, of nature yeah i think this is a really important point is that and i love how you say meditation is you know we don't you don't have to sit there necessarily with your eyes closed or doing a meditation so to speak but meditation can be in so many different forms for so many different people Mm. Um, and i love that because it makes it really easy for us to do that every day you know something meditation of some form every single day Um, and i think the power comes in finding what those things are for you right absolutely I would say sitting down and actually doing a meditation session or a mindfulness session would be one of the most powerful things you can do. Yeah. Grounding yourself by laying on the grass, touching trees, touching plants, breathing the air, allowing the sun on your face in small quantities um, is, is you know, just as, as powerful as well as far as I'm concerned. But 
I'm really passionate about everyday mindfulness. Mm. And the very fact, the very, if you slow yourself down in everything that you do consciously, your whole body's going to calm down. So I say to people, try mindful eating. Mm. Definitely don't have the TV on. Have your phone away from you. Do not be doing anything else other than eating. And as you're eating, as you're eating the carrot, putting it into your mouth, work with the carrot. Think about this. Think, okay, this carrot's giving me this, this, and this vitamin, which mm. is creating this through my body, which is actually preparing your body for that food to, to you know, assimilate through your body and get the real benefits. But you're actually mindful with every mouthful. And then you can also take it to where this food comes from, gratitude for the, the sun and the soil and the water and the farmers and the transport drivers and everyone that's got this food to you instead of just shoving it in, mm. you know. And it really slowly eating, slowly walking upstairs, slowly, slowly, slowly driving, allowing that extra 10 or 15 minutes to get somewhere so that you can leisurely walk out the door. Mm slowly get there let all of the people around you do all of their thing but then you're putting yourself in this kind of force field bubble it doesn't affect you if you're not in a rush mm -hmm. and you just let them do their thing and it actually increases your awareness about what everyone around you is what around you is doing like lily said you know she gets the the lets the rest of the world and it's one of my big things is mm. the is the lack of courtesy and the and the, what goes on in the traffic i've still got a ways to go with, with that I'm really patient I always allow so much time but if I give way to someone and then they don't thank me I can still get a bit annoyed about that which I've, I've got some work to do on on that I'm getting better and better at not getting annoyed <laughs> at that each each day but driving slowly you know doing talking slowly I'm, I'm talking way too fast even now so talking slowly taking a pause like that deliberately yeah. when you're talking it slows everything down in your body and allows you every day to be mindful. Mm. You know? I feel in about five minutes time, we might call this one an episode. And then the next episode, we're going to let Greg tell us the methods in that nice contained form because you've just given us some amazing gems. But I wouldn't mind hearing them as a standalone podcast where you just um, iterate just those things you've just said because mm -hmm. I mean we were on a little bit of a segue before regarding men's health and I just wanted to finish off on that because um, expectations is a word um, I hear about a lot and I think young men have a lot of expectations upon them you know I mean even in this post-feminist world you know mm -hmm. um, I don't know how you find it in your <laughs> um, age group Sarah but I I know in my age group there's still a lot of um, expectations for the guys who are mm. meant to be achieving great greatness and you mentioned three groups of people Greg which I find interesting in in themselves and you might want to speak to this in a moment and one were the sports people who you work with number two are the corporate people who you work with and the other the very terminally ill and, mm. and unwell people because um, you know they all three have very specific needs and, and in men's health, I really feel that um, they need to be addressed, you know, here, but also in our ne next episode, you can tell us what you do with them all. 
Mm. So that's your clientele, really, isn't it? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And basically, all three of those groups, even though, yes, you're right, they do need sp very specific things at the time, they all need inner peace, mm. which is the ultimate. Every corporate person, every sports person, every every person that's terminally ill or, yeah. or, or you know, very ill, um, inner peace is, is, is the thing. Mm. Um, and that, I actually believe that working towards inner peace should be the goal for everyone, particularly young men. And one of the biggest things I find where men are able to find their inner peace through this sort of work is they can come to me and for the first time in their life they can say anything completely confidentially without any form of judgment. Mm. And I mentioned the word expectations only because I'm a mother and a partner and a friend, you know, um, you know, the, I find expectations on men quite heavy. Enormous. <laughs> yeah. Enormous. I can't tell you how many men say to me, can't believe I'm telling you this. This mm. is the, you're the first person I've ever told this to. There's no ego on my part here saying that to you. It just is mm. because they feel very often for the first time safe mm. to say that they know it's not going to go any further. All men, as far as I'm concerned, need that. They need that absolute non-judgmental, confidential confidant to, to speak to. A lot of blokes, mates, guys will have that with their, their mates or their very their best mates. Even then, they will tend to hold back mm. a lot mm. of their stuff. And I think it's very hard, you, you've said it before, it is really, really difficult for, for young guys, for men these days, to balance that energy between the feminine and masculine. Now they are organically that anyway, anyway yeah. but they're so conditioned not to be, mm. to be so heavily swayed toward the masculine mm. that they won't allow the, the, the goddess energy, the feminine energy to arise in them. And it's so important. You know, and this is why I was probably, well, not probably, why I was so bullied through my whole school thing, because I was in touch with that feminine energy and I allowed the two to, to balance. Yeah. And, mm. you know, what's happened to me post-school has been amazing. The amount of people since school that have come up to me and said, oh, my God, you gave us such a gift. But we couldn't tell you at the time <laughs> because, you know, we were too busy being tough. Yeah. Um, and then in this sort of um, male world, you know, I mean your kids and my kids went to the same school. I mean, how do you, how do you get over the whole um, who owns a yacht thing, you know, who drives a Merc thing, who drives a helicopter thing, you know what I mean? Well, I think that comes back to what, you know, Greg was saying before, yeah. like that inner peace, and we were chatting yeah. in the car on the way here, it's that self-worth, <gasps> self-love first, yeah. so that then you can be more yeah. for the world, yeah. you know? Have your bloody toys that I'm yeah. okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and ironically, so many, and, and of course mm. you can have both, you can have your beautiful yachts and your, all of that, and you can have inner peace, and yeah. that's what I, you know, but ironically, so many of the people that I work with that have everything else, they have more money than God, mm. they have a beautiful family, mm. but they don't have inner peace. Yeah. Yes. And if you don't have the inner peace, mm. you're not happy. Yeah. And that's 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 the bottom line. Yeah. So inner peace is 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 always the goal, I think, and something that we can consciously choose to create within ourselves and to be mm -hmm. every single day. Mm.
Hmm. Wow, what an incredible episode. Like I said before, this was one of my favorite episode series to record and we were absolutely honored to sit down with Greg and chat all about this sort of stuff and particularly touch on men's health. We covered some really important and really powerful topics and topics that we think need to be talked about more and we wanted to be able to create that space. So as I said, this is part one, part two will drop next week. So hang tight for that because we cover a lot of really applicable tools and strategies that people can use that relate to the topics we've talked about today. So wait on episode two coming next week. A quick disclaimer, these episodes are not intended to replace help, treatment or advice from your healthcare professionals. The information in today's podcast is purely for educational purposes and is not designed to diagnose or treat any conditions. This is just a friendly reminder that we do not know you or your child or those around you and therefore do not know your specific needs. Please seek guidance from your healthcare professionals surrounding your concerns.